The text for our meditation this day is our gospel lesson, especially these words. Give to Caesar, the emperor, what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Voting has already begun for the candidates who will represent us and serve us in our nation and state in the years ahead. Some of us have already voted by absentee ballot or in person, and others, I'm sure, will be going to the polls on November 3rd in order to exercise our right and our privilege to vote. In spite of all the problems that we face in our nation and world these days, including this frightening pandemic, and despite some of the misgivings that we may have about some of our nation's policies or politicians, an election is a good time to pause and give thanks to God for the many blessings and the precious freedoms that we enjoy as citizens of the United States especially our freedom of religion. Probably all of us were born as citizens of this country. Some of your parents or grandparents, like my grandparents, may have come from another country and chose to become citizens of this nation. There are a few people who have dual citizenship but usually they have to choose at some point to become citizens of one nation or the other. My brother and his family have lived for 50 years in Western Canada, where he was a Lutheran school teacher and where their four daughters were born. When each of the girls turned 18, she had to choose between being a citizen of Canada or the United States. They couldn't continue to hold dual citizenship. In the New Testament, including our scripture text, we are reminded that Christians are citizens of two kingdoms. We are citizens of a nation or civil kingdom by virtue of where we were born. And you and I, by God's grace, are citizens of God's kingdom by virtue of being born again through our baptism into Christ and our trusting faith in Him. Fortunately, we don't have to choose between our dual citizenship, for the Bible urges us to be faithful citizens of both kingdoms. In our Gospel lesson, the Pharisees, who were ardent nationalists, and the Herodians, who supported the rule of the Romans, were working together in order to try to trap Jesus by asking him this question of whether or not they should pay taxes to the Roman government. And they hoped Jesus would say something which would either indicate disloyalty to the government or maybe something that could be construed as being unfaithful to God. Instead, 
Jesus said that we are to be loyal citizens of both the civil kingdom and God's kingdom. Give to Caesar, the government, what belongs to them, and give to God what belongs to God. This means, first of all, that Christians have a responsibility to work for and support good government in our community, and state, and nation, which includes the privilege of voting. It also includes the duty of our citizenship that we probably complain about the most, paying taxes. And yet in Romans chapter 13, Paul says, you pay taxes because the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. Of course, we may agree with Arthur Godfrey, who once said, I feel honored to pay taxes in America, but I would feel just as honored for about half that amount. Above all, we are to be faithful citizens of God's kingdom. When Jesus said, give to God what belongs to God, he was emphasizing that our first loyalty must always be to the highest authority in the world, Almighty God, our Creator and Redeemer. The meaning of the first commandment makes this clear. We are to fear love and trust in God above all things. Shortly after this question was asked of Jesus, we read in Matthew that another Pharisee asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus responds by asserting that we are to respond to God's love and to his blessings with complete loyalty and total devotion. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength and all of your mind. Jesus asks for and needs fully committed followers. One of the congregations I served in one of my adult membership classes was an older woman who came there with her husband and was planning to join the church until came one of the final classes when I got talking about our total commitment to Christ and the cost of discipleship and following Him. And she came up to me after class and asked quite seriously if our church offered any social memberships. That was the extent of her commitment. Being faithful to our Lord and His mission can be quite a challenge. As we sang before the service started, as we seek to stand up for Jesus. But our commitment to Christ should never be just some duty that we have to do. The Bible says it's the love of Christ that compels us to follow our Lord and serve Him. It is and should be a joyful privilege to serve our Savior in our family, 
our church, our community. And we do it through our faithful witness to Christ and His truths and through the example of our Christian living and through the blessings that flow from our Christian giving. Our loyalty and faithfulness to God in all aspects of our life are a grateful response to God for His overwhelming love and faithfulness to us. God is faithful. He always keeps His promises, including His precious promise that He will never leave us or forsake us. Above all, God kept His age-old promise to send a Savior who freed us from the powers of sin and death and Satan through His perfect life, His sacrificial death, and His victorious resurrection. And on the cross of Calvary, Jesus paid in full for all of our flaws and faults and failures and earned for us the priceless gift of eternal life. I hope and pray that we Americans will never have to choose between our obedience to our civil rulers and our loyalty to the true and living God. However, we know that millions of Christians around the world today are being forced to make that choice. But I would suggest that the problem with many Christians in America is not a divided loyalty between church and state but rather a divided loyalty between our commitment to Christ and our devotion to the things of this world. All too easily we become possessed by our possessions. I would suggest that many, if not most, Christians in America seem to make great sacrifices of their time and energy and resources to pile up more and more treasures on earth for themselves. Instead of focusing on sharing of our abundance with those in need, and above all, sharing the treasures of heaven with people around us and all around the world who are living in darkness and the shadow of death. But by the grace of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit, and the guidance of God's Word, we are able to grow and mature in our commitment to Christ, including the dedication of the first fruits of our time and talents and treasure for the good and growth of God's kingdom, instead of being content with giving to God our leftovers. Giving to God what belongs to God requires real dedication and sacrifice. It often means reshuffling some of our values and priorities in our personal and family life so that they will conform ever more closely to God's will, to His plans and purposes for our life. But all too often, we are like the boy who was given two quarters by his parents one Sunday morning, one for the Sunday school offering and the other for a treat after church. 
But as he got out of the car, one of the coins slipped out of his hand and rolled into a nearby storm drain. And he looked down into the sewer grate and realized the hopelessness of recovering his coin. Then he looked up toward heaven and said, Well, God, there goes your quarter. The coin which the Pharisees showed to Jesus that day bore the stamp and the imprint of Tiberius Caesar, the Roman emperor. All of us who belong to God's kingdom by virtue of our baptism and faith in Christ bear in our heart and soul the imprint of Christ and the stamp of God's ownership. Yes, by God's grace, we belong to Christ for this life and for the life to come. And if we truly believe, as the psalmist says, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, meaning that everything we have really belongs to God and is merely on loan to us during our brief stay here on earth, then, then it should be a joy and privilege rather than a burden to return to our Lord, our loyalty, our devotion, and a generous portion of the blessings that He showers on us. Oh, we may still pay our taxes begrudgingly, but we gladly and willingly give back to God what belongs to God for carrying out His mission and ministry in our congregation and community and to the ends of the earth. May God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard and keep our hearts and minds secure and steadfast in Jesus Christ our Savior, now and forever. Amen. We rise.